Let's enjoy Corduroy. Corduroy was a bear who once lived in the toy department of a big store. And day after day, he waited with all the other animals and dolls for somebody to come along and take him home. The store was always filled with shoppers buying all sorts of things, but no one ever seemed to want a small bear in green overalls. Then one morning, a little girl stopped and looked straight into Corduroy's bright eyes. Oh, Mommy, she said, look, there's, there's the very bear I've always wanted. Not today, dear, her mother sighed. I've spent too much already. Besides, he doesn't look new. He's lost the button to one of his shoulder straps. Corduroy watched them sadly as they walked away. I didn't know I'd lost a button, he said to himself. Tonight, I'll go and I'll see if I can find it. Well, late that evening, when all the shoppers had gone and the doors were shut and locked, Corduroy climbed carefully down from his shelf and began searching everywhere on the floor for his lost button. And suddenly he felt the floor moving under him. Quite by accident, he had stepped onto an escalator, and up he went. Could this be a mountain, he wondered? I think I've always wanted to climb a mountain. Well, he stopped off. He stepped off the escalator as it reached the next floor, and there before his eyes was a most amazing sight. Tables and chairs and lamps and sofas and rows and rows of beds. This must be a palace, Corduroy gasped. I guess I've always wanted to live in a palace. And he wandered around admiring the furniture. This must be a bed, he said. I've always wanted to sleep in a bed. And he crawled up onto a large, thick mattress. And all at once he saw something small and round. Why, why, here's my button, he cried. And he picked it up. But like all other buttons on the mattress, it was tied down tight. He yanked and pulled with both paws until pop, off came the button. And off the mattress, corduroy toppled. Bang! went Corduroy right into a tall lamp on the floor. Over it fell with a crash. Now, Corduroy didn't know it, but there was someone else awake in the store. The night watchman was going through his rounds on the floor above when he heard the crash and came dashing down the escalator. Now, who in the world did that, he exclaimed. Somebody must be hiding around here. And he flashed the light under and over sofas and beds until he came to the biggest bed of all. And there he saw two fuzzy brown ears sticking up from under the cover. Hello, he said. How did you get upstairs? The watchman tucked Corduroy under his arm and carried him down the escalator and set him on the shelf in the toy department with the other animals and dogs. Now, Corduroy was just waking up when the first customers came into the store in the morning, and there, looking at him with a wide, warm smile, was the same little girl he had seen only the day before. 
I'm Lisa, she said, and you're going to be my very own bear. Last night I counted what I've saved in my piggy bank, and my mother said I could bring you home. Shall I put him in a box for you, the sales lady asked. Oh, no thank you, Lisa answered, and she carried Corduroy home in her arms. She ran all the way up the four flights of stairs into her family's apartment and straight into her own room. Corduroy blinked. There was a chair and a chest of drawers, and alongside a girl-sized bed stood a little bed just the right size for him. The room was small, nothing like that enormous palace in the department store. This must be home, he said. I know I've always wanted a home. And Lisa sat down with Corduroy on her lap and began to sew a button on his overalls. I like you the way you are, she said. But you'll be more comfortable with your shoulder strap fastened. You must be a friend, said Corduroy. I've always wanted a friend. Me too, said Lisa and gave Corduroy a big hug. Pastor Caroline is going to bring us the word in preaching here in a minute. And when she does, let's consider, all of us, the yearnings we have to have a home and one who cares for us and is our friend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Up you go, man. Our second scripture reading today comes from the book of Ephesians in the second chapter, beginning with the third, pardon me, beginning with the fourth verse. But God, who is rich in mercy out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast." The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. God, as we gather this day, humble our hearts, open our hearts to receive your spirit, your word, your calling this day. We give thanks in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. This Sunday is the last in our sermon series, Out of the Mouths of Babes, where we have been 
sharing the word of God, not only from scripture, from our Bible, but from treasured children's stories that speak to us about the love and the joy and the hope and the grace of God in beautiful ways. And I'm delighted to be able to talk about corduroy with you this morning. Uh, Corduroy is not one that I was familiar with when I was a little kid, but uh, a family friend gave us a copy when Bennett was born, and it has been uh, a standard in our house all these years. And I love this story in particular, uh, unique to maybe the others that we've been sharing in this series, because I can imagine a child imagining this story. I can imagine that the writer when he was young, imagining all these things happening and writing them down as an adult, or maybe as an adult just still capturing that spirit and imagination that children have and writing this down. To me, this is a story through a child's eyes. Because which of you, when you were young, did not somewhere, somehow, wonder and imagine and hope that your toys were real? That when you weren't looking, that when you fell asleep, That when you went to school, that there they awoke and played and had adventures, but were there ready for you when you returned home. Like the the movie Toy Story, the toys have all these wonderful adventures, but they're always there for Andy when Andy returns. And I can tell you, children are still like this. It was really funny at Vacation Bible School this week. Every year we have a puppet or a mascot, and this year it was Checkers the Cheetah. And one day I took checkers around in the hall and let the children hold checkers very gently and take their picture or or give checkers a hug. And the funny ones, it wasn't the preschoolers. It was those early and middle elementary kids. And they would look at me and go, she's not real. But there was no conviction in their words. I'm standing there holding a puppet, not even making her talk or move, visibly holding her arms and making her move. And they're going, she's not real. Did you have one when you were little? I mean, when I was a kid, all my animals, of course they were. They were alive and they just wouldn't let me see it. I mean, even my Cheerios had feelings. I'm not kidding. You know, I hear the prayer said a lot now when we when we gather for a meal, you know, bless it from field to table. That was my thought, that some farmer planted this seed and it sprouted into these oats. And somehow it survived the 37 steps to make it into this Cheerio whose sole purpose in life was to feed me. And if I didn't eat that last little Cheerio in the bag, it would not fulfill its life's mission. Isn't that sad? And you couldn't just leave one in the bowl and pour it down the drain because you would eat all of its friends. And if you didn't eat it too, it would be lonely. So if my Cheerios had feelings, you can bet that the stuffed animals that actually had a face and arms and legs and somewhat resembled a living creature certainly were alive, certainly were alive and cared for me. And it seemed something special about the bears like corduroy. I don't know what your animal was or your doll that you had as a kid, but mine was always a bear that understood when you needed someone to understand that you could just hold on to tight and you and the bear both knew that holding on tight wasn't going to make it better, that there was something still broken and sad. Oh, but you both just needed that hug right then to just be together. 
So here we have Corduroy, who was very much a part of that world, except Corduroy doesn't have that home yet. Corduroy doesn't have an Andy. Corduroy doesn't have that friend to hug and hold yet. Until one day, someone walks into the store and looks him in the eyes and said, ah, You're the one I've always wanted. But Corduroy doesn't hear that, does he? What does Corduroy hear? And remember, I'm broken. He hears something is wrong with me. You know, because the mom, she's busy and she's tired. And they say, there's all the reasons why Corduroy can't come home that day. But the message that Corduroy hears is not that he's wanted, but that he's broken. And I think we can identify with that. Because there's messages that we hear, and it is so easy for us to remember all those hurtful words, all those sad words, all those critical ones. I know that you have been praised. I know that you have been given words of encouragement and affirmation and told of your gifts. But the ones that haunt us are the ones that say, if I was taller, shorter, cuter, thinner, stronger, smarter, better. Then I wouldn't be stuck here on this shelf. If I wasn't broken, if I could fix me, then I wouldn't be stuck here. And those are the messages that we hear. Those are the messages that we remember. For whatever reason, in our own brokenness, those are the ones that we pay attention to. And I know many of you have been told this before, but in case you have not, or in case you need a reminder, in case nobody has said it to you before, those messages are not the good news. Those messages are a lie. Those messages are not of God. Because the message, the good news of God, is the one looking at you going, ah, there's the one I've always wanted. With the broken button, with the broken strap. But Corduroy doesn't hear that. And sometimes we don't either. Sometimes we don't either. But the gospel wants us to hear that. And so from our first scripture reading today, one of my favorite passages, do not worry. Why do you strive after these things? Why do you strive after these things that the world, of course, will tell you that you need to strive after? But that's not the good news. The good news is your Father in Heaven knows you need these things. Knows you need these things. Little children, do not worry. There is a greater treasure. There is a greater treasure. But Corduroy hasn't learned that yet. And so Corduroy sets off on a quest, goes off, as some of our quests are, by himself, in the dark, wandering, looking for this lost button, trying so hard to make himself whole, all on his own, so that he can be worthy and valued. And then we come to our word from Ephesians. And in Ephesians, our writer tells us, that it's not about us, that it's not about what we are striving for, that God, who is rich in mercy, who has great love, even though, 
even though we are broken, even though we have sinned, even though we have made mistakes, even though we have wandered up the escalator and in the dark and all around by ourselves and gotten lost, even though that God, who is rich in mercy, has great love for us, has saved us by grace. Now, grace is one of those words when I was growing up, I knew it was a church word and I had no idea what it meant. I knew we sang it in a song all the time. I knew that we prayed it and talked about it in Sunday school and I was too embarrassed to ask what it meant because I thought, you know, if you're a Christian, you're just supposed to know what it meant. Grace is that love that God just pours out on us as a gift. We didn't do anything for it. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. But God's going to love us anyway. That's that grace that the writer here is saying, just as you are, that God loves us that way. And that God has joined us together with Christ to show us abundance and riches The treasures that God has defined, not that the world has defined. That there is grace. That there is grace for you and for me, just as we are. And so in the story, the night watchman comes and brings Corduroy back and sets him on the shelf. And I can only imagine what Corduroy is thinking there on the shelf. Oh, have you been on those quests before? Have you been on those quests, on those journeys? And you get to the end and you go, what was all that work for? I'm right back where I started. I've just gone in a circle and I'm sitting right here. I thought I had made progress. I thought I was doing better. I thought this relationship had been mended. I thought I had forgiven this person. I thought they had forgiven me. I thought I was over it. And we're right back where we started, stuck there on the shelf. But the joy is that when Corduroy opens his eyes, there is that face again, just staring and waiting, saying, I'm going to take you home. I'm going to take you home. And that's the good news that Christ has offered us. That here is this love that is a gift to go home with Christ, to be whole, to go home just as we are. That we don't have to be taller, shorter, cuter, thinner, smarter, stronger, better first. That God's reaching out in love just as we are right here, right now, with great, great love. I hope today that you hear two things from our writer in Luke, from Ephesians, from Corduroy. I hope you hear two things. I hope you hear God's great love for you right now. I hope you hear and feel and sense through the Spirit the grace of God that has been with you and that continues with you right now. Whether you are on that mountain high or whether you are in the valley or whether you're just trucking through it a day at a time, I hope you hear that. The second thing that I hope you hear that I hope you take with you is what corduroy have you seen? We've been there. We are corduroy, but we're not the only ones. And so the second thing is, what corduroy have you seen? What one have you seen in this world that everybody else walked by because they were in a hurry or they saw brokenness 
or they didn't think they had the money or they didn't think they had the time or flat out just weren't interested in a bear with a broken button. Sounds a little like our Good Samaritan story. But there is one that you have noticed. There is one that you have noticed that nobody else noticed. And I'm not going to stop here and make some blanket call to action because the one that you noticed is unique and different than the one that your neighbor noticed. And that is, again, part of that grace and that love and that gift that God has gifted you with that sight, with that love, with that passion, with that interest, with the unending questions that somehow some of your neighbors don't seem to get, but you get it. Where is that corduroy that you have seen? And what can you do? What is it that God is calling you to do? And what God is calling you to do today, at this point in your life, might be really different than where you started out on your journey. Because the journey keeps going and it keeps changing and we keep growing and we keep learning new things. But somewhere there is a corduroy that needs you. And maybe it's the kids at Freeman Elementary. Maybe it's the teachers there. Maybe it's the staff across the street at Pathfinders. Maybe it's the elderly in our community who need help maintaining their homes. Maybe it's a community in another state far away that tugs at your heart, that you pray for, that you support. I don't know what the corduroy is that you have seen, but there is one. And God is calling us to share that love and that treasure That treasure that somebody else has walked by a million times and left them on the shelf. And we don't want them to be that neglected Cheerio in the bottom of the bag that never gets to fulfill their life's mission because somebody has just thought, oh, it's not worth it and thrown them in the trash. We want somebody to walk by and go, you, you are the one I'm called to work with. You are the one that God loves right here and right now in the midst of your brokenness, and we're going to walk this journey together. And we're going to share that treasure that no thief can steal, that no moth can destroy, and we're going to share the good news. Because it is by grace that we are on this journey. It is by grace that we have received this love, and not just for us, but for our community and for our world. And so, where is your corduroy? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.